Hi, this is Podcasters Unleashed, and we're here today just to talk about many subjects. We've got a very interesting subject today. It's called, Is Transgender an Agenda? Excuse me. But first we go into that, I'm going to introduce my co-host, starting with Matilda. Over to you, Hello, Matilda. everyone. This is the host of Coffee with Matilda, A Journey to Self. And my podcast is about uh, finding yourself, loving yourself, and coming out of adversity. Uh, over to you, Victor. Hi, I'm Victor Seo. I'm the host of the Entrepreneurs Podcast, where I interview entrepreneurs from a diaspora back that has diaspora background. We talk about strategies to move from the core nine to five to a lifestyle of freedom. So, over to you, Hala. Hello, so I'm the host of the podcast Women Stories, where I share real stories from women across the globe. Uh, tune in for a new episode this week. Over to you, Carla. And I'm Carla. I'm the host of the Wonder and Wellbeing podcast, which is a podcast where we talk all about education and well-being. Back to you, Simon. Thank you, Carla, and thank you to the, all my lovely co-hosts. Um, today, it's going to be a very, it's an interesting one. I've, Personally, I've had a lot of feedback from people regarding this topic about some people are upset, some people are interested, some people are actually sharing their personal experiences, whether they are transgender or they have their children being influenced or however you see it. But I'll just read the introduction and then we'll move on from there. So in recent years, there has been an increase in the number of young people identifying as transgender. I believe we can all relate to that. It's um, It looks as... as this has come out of nowhere in a short period of time. Some people say it has always been an issue and that people are just more comfortable now to say how they feel and to change their gender. Others say it's a craze that has been caused by factors in society, such as m the media. Some even say that is a, it is a government agenda, possible. This is an important fact, topic, excuse me, affecting society, children, and even our education system. I believe we can all agree on that. Many schools around the world are changing the curriculum and, and the language used to refer to people's gender, which is having huge impacts for teachers and parents. Today, we will discuss the topic to see whether it's an agenda or something else. Now, turning to the audience, we will be throwing questions at you also, as we will do our co-hosts. Um, feel free to comment in the comment section, and we will put the excuse me. We will put the questions up as and when they're appropriate. But first of all, I shall start off with Matilda. Sorry, Carla. What do you think has led to the increase in transgender in recent years, Carla? Um, I think there've been a number of things. There is no one thing um, that's led to it. I think that one of the first things we have to talk about is um, the issue of the openness with society to talk about certain issues. And that will probably come up as one of the reasons um, or one of the, the rationales behind why there are more um, people identifying as transgender. So there's been a change in the way we communicate more openness in society. I think also the media does have a role to play in it. I think that um, it's easier for people to find a community and to find people to support their ideologies and to, to, to feel part of a community. 
And when you feel part of a community, that makes you more inclined to be more confident to come out um, with certain beliefs or um, to associate or identify with a certain group or a certain lifestyle. So I think that's also having a factor, particularly amongst teens. And there is some data and things around that. It's not just opinion. Um, I think also there are some elements of the breakdowns in society that have been talked about for many years. So emotional issues, social issues, um, relationship issues, they're also having an impact. Not everybody is, not all people who identify as transgender have the same experiences. Some people are going through a transition and they're happy with the outcome. Other people go through transition and they're not happy with the outcome. Um, and some of the people that are not happy with the outcome talk about feelings of loneliness, feeling that they don't fit in anywhere. So I think that also um, has a role to play in it. Um, and probably a few other things that will come up along uh, throughout the conversation, but I'll leave it there for now. Those are some of the main reasons that have come up. Thanks for that, Carla. We've got two comments. Do you want to read them out, please? Yep, we've got Sasha Serge Pekarian says, what do you mean by agenda? Do you think there's something deeper than the subject itself behind? And Kishi Chad says, are any people who identify as transgender going to be in the conversation? I think it would be a great opportunity for those who are actually experiencing it to be at the table. Mm -hmm. And I will answer that, Kishi, we have invited um, some people, we have reached out to many uh, people and transgender groups and communities um, to invite them to the show. So they could be um, somebody who identifies as transgender um, joining the show tonight, but we don't know. We haven't, we haven't um, made anyone come, but we have opened it up uh, if people do want to join. Okay. And Howla, where Sasha says, do you think there's a deeper, something deeper than the subject itself behind it? Do you want to answer that? Do you want to respond to that? You're, you're muted, Howla. Yes. Uh, well, researching on this topic where I see there is um, uh, a great motivation, uh, especially in school, to educate uh, children about the transgender uh, identity uh, even if it's outside the curriculum even if it's outside the education system for the moment a lot of teachers uh, and especially in the usa they're trying to incorporate uh, books about transgender identity uh, in classroom uh, and it could be um, really confusing for this young adults they are in kindergarten young adults to be educated about this topic because it could lead them to a confusion about their gender and uh, let them to think about things they were not confused before uh, and it happened in california in rockland academy in 2018 where a teacher just came up with a book it's called i'm jazz and he was explaining uh to kids about the transgender identity. I just, I don't understand why we keep uh, putting this kind of ideology into kids' uh, kids' brain at a young age. So I, I fear, I fear it's a political ideological movement. It's not, and it's not the transgender who are pushing this movement. They are just putting the transgender as an excuse. So I do feel it's an agenda and it's a, pilot, a political ideological movement. Thank you for that. Um, Carla, we've got two more comments. 
Yep, Kishi says, I cannot imagine that teachers would be able to teach their students about gender expression stroke identity when sexual health in the USA is horrible. Sasha says, children don't have enough experience in life to decide about anything. They have to wait and to decide later when they'll decide clearly without any influence. It means to be adult for that. Okay, thanks. Um, question for you, Matilda. Does, sorry, does gender diaspora affect girls and boys equally? If not, what is the ratio of boys to girls experience this? And last bit is what factors affect the difference in the number of boys versus girls? Well, um, first time I'm having a, given a definition of gender dysphoria. So maybe, you know, our, we're all on the same page with the listeners as well. So with the Merriam-Webster and also American Psychiatric Association, it says a distressed state arising from conflict between a person's gender identity and the sex the person has or was identified as having at birth. So um, I, it's very interesting because, you know, in, um, there is a lot of uh, young boys changing their genders uh, when they're children to female, but when they're teenagers, there is more women, more girls changing their genders to boys. So the trans boys in um, teenage years is like 1,913, while in trans girls is 216. Like it's very big. And the age is at the age of 15. It's huge. And there is a couple of reasons for that. But, you know, different countries have has been affected differently. For example, in New Zealand, they're see seeing a lot of um, males changing to the female gender. And it's interesting, and the scientists are trying to figure out why. But one of the reasons that there is a lot of um, female changing their gender at teenager to, um, to become males is, they're saying, because um, uh, female... Uh, they realize to be a, a woman when the breast, uh, when they're starting to develop breast, whereas um, the manhood is more mainly with the private part of a man. So that's why um, boys are have more conflict with their uh, private parts sooner. That's why they want to be a woman. That's when the conflict starts. But for uh, girls is when they start developing breasts. Um, and also, it's very interesting to realize in lots of societies, especially in the Middle East, it's okay for a female to act like a male, but it's really not okay for parents when their boy starts acting like a girl. I can. Ha I have a lot of other facts. I can go through it maybe later when you have time. Okay, thanks for that. Victor, over to you. Um, do you think there's an agenda for from any profession, professions or governments in relation to this? Yeah, thank you, Simon. Um, I would want to say to um, to one of the first one of the first comments by Kishi that if he has an experience or anyone he knows that has that is going through this kind of transition should actually inform them to like join the show to inform of some more. To just throw some light into this, but to me, I feel that 
the introduction of what Hala mentioned in the, in the beginning, the introduction of books like I Am Jazz and other literature for kids in school, to me, I think it needs to be, the way it's been rushed, the way it's becoming so mainstream for kids to start, kids at the age of less than 10 talking about, talking about um, different type of sexuality, different, hey, kids will be kids, they can explore clothes, they can explore colors, but it is for you to, as a parent, to like guide them, not for some books to start programming them. So for me, as a parent, I would say that let kids be kids. If they if they are if they are exploring to 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 an extreme of colors and clothes that they want to wear, that may be fashion. They might like to dress. They may like to cross dress. Let them be. But to actually start giving them those um, um, after reading one or two books or watching this TV show or this comic. They start telling you, oh, I feel I am this, I feel I'm that, I feel I'm this. We all are adults here. We know about feelings. The feeling I had when I was 15, the feeling I had when I was two, is not the feeling I had right now. So kids, let kids be kids. When you're an adult, yeah, let whatever happens, whatever decision you want to make, go ahead and make that decision. But do not start programming primary school children. Do not start programming secondary school children. To me, I think that should be off the table. So for shoving this down into the school curriculum for six years, you've been telling them, hey, 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 hey. When they come out after six years, they go into the next batch. B, 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 B. Now they are, there's so much confusion everywhere when it comes to gender. See, my own is the agenda should maintain with the adults not with the kids that is that is where my own that is where i draw my own line go ahead matilda i see you're jumping to say something thank you before we have matilda there's some comments coming um carla please carla we can't hear you excuse me hmm. kisi chad says um transgender transgender people have always existed and been around they just have not had the visibility or support and, and there, he, he also commented before that one. Yeah. While children may not be old enough to legally make decisions for themselves that are lifelong, we cannot dismiss how the child feels. They are still a human and should be allowed to discover, stroke, explore. And Anders says, there's a lot of interest working against this group, different religious groups, conservative gender-based groups, and so on, has a lot of similarities with how gay people were treated not so long ago. And he follows that up by saying, I don't believe this is something that people should choose lightly since it's connected to stigma, bullying, and so on. Okay. And I totally, I totally agree with that. See, Simon, just, just one second. Because a child wants to put their hand on a flame of fire does not mean you shouldn't stop them. Because the flame looks very beautiful. They still want to put their hands in. They feel they like, they want to. But you need to stop them not to get themselves burnt. But as an adult, if you want to put your own element of fullness, go ahead. It is yours. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. Matilda? Yeah. So I'm going to jump in, and I wish in our 
in our table, we had a transgender, so we could have understand their feeling as well. I want to urge everyone in this group and whoever is listening, the people who are transgender, it's not like they wake up one day and say, whoopsie, today I'm transgender. The decision is such a confusing, such a long process for a child even. Have you seen a transgender child? Uh, I'm not saying they have to do the surgery, but you have to understand the feeling that they go through it. Since some of them, even uh, as early as age two, they realize the body that they're in, it's a problem. They don't like it. And they want to be the other side. Uh, there, there were lots of studies of transgender children that they were, um, they were painting themselves as the other gender. And these are three. And nobody's talking about anything with them. But they feel it. And if it's not addressed in a right way we're going to have a very serious problems later on with this with these people um i'm not saying that we need to advertise uh, surgery because maybe it has to be hold it till they are older but maybe we need to address it like Carla was mentioning about that teacher maybe this teacher was bringing this book to show people to show these children tolerance the same thing that I want to teach my child when a young, in a young age, that different colors are okay, different religions are okay, uh, be, uh, being woman is okay, it's the same as a boy. You teach them at a young age, you don't keep it at the age of 18 and say, okay, yalla, now it's okay. Whoa, you want to change Matilda, the mentality Matilda, of people, calm down. you change it from I am the not young saying, Matilda, I'm oh, but not I'm saying that, I'm not saying that being whoever you want to be is not okay. When you're an adult, make that decision. But as a child, it is not okay to start But how can you tell your child, you, how can you tell your child it's not okay what you feel? It's not okay what you feel and it's My child wants to vote. My child wants to vote. Do I say, oh, you feel, you really feel strongly about voting this, this, uh, this guy? No, go and no, vote. Is Victor, it, is it, is it you, you need Matilda, to talk with the transgender and to understand the feeling that they're going. Lots of them, they're suicides. You know, Victor, in countries like Iran, Matilda, we don't talk about I transgender. Totally agree. Okay, we in countries like Iran or Armenia, we don't talk about transgender. You guys have a Western problem. Let me talk to you about Eastern problems. We don't have these kind of things. And even there are there are fathers that they beat their child, their son till the death, because their son, their boy, is not acting like the other boys. So they rather have a dead child than a transgender child. Matilda, can I child. just add something? Uh, before we I, jump I, in there, guys, there's a comment. Matilda, it's not a bad thing. Matilda, there's comment. Matilda, can I just add something, Simon? Please, we All need right. to recognize the difference the, between the gender identity disorder and CDSD, the sexual disorder gen, uh, genitals in uh, in in young adults, because the the gender identity disorder is where the person feels they were born in the wrong gender. Okay, and you have the other thing, it's a disorder of sex development, or the development of one or, or more components of anatomical or chromosome is uh, uh, of the sex is unusual. So there are uh, differences in how we can uh, treat a child when there is something like that happened. Okay, Carla, can you read out the comments, please? Okay, so Anders, Anders. where were we? We're up to Anders, and Anders says, 
Just like being gay, I think it's a part of every population that feels like this. When it comes to the transgender group, I believe it's pretty small. And Al, Mas Mas Al Masmaya Cargo, my question is, what is the opinion of the monotheistic religions in this matter? And also my, oh, is that the same? The, the same. same, okay, the same question. Okay, all right, back to you, Simon. Do you Can I just say, that? I just wanted to, to just um, pick up on something that Matilda said about um, something very early on when she mentioned about the, the feelings of people throughout their life. I think it's really important to discuss that because there is um, a lot of uh, discussion, as we know, this is a very controversial topic. It's being discussed widely. And as a parent, I was recommended this book called Irreversible Damage um, by Abigail Schreier. And Abigail Schreier has done her own research. She's a writer, journalist, and she has spoken to many parents face to face. She's also spoken to many transgenders. And she has written quite a good book. We can put the um, description of the book and the details of it. She has used multiple sources from all different backgrounds, including uh, information collected from these students. And in one of the chapters, um, she talks about uh, these, what we call clusters of cases. And, and I know we, as a group, we were watching a video earlier today that talked about this where there are some children and she interviews them personally, their stories are recorded in this book as well as the stories of their parents, where the child has presented to a psychologist or a specialist and said that they've been feeling like this all their life. But their parents have countered that and said that they, they have seen no evidence of this in their child uh, throughout their childhood until they got to the age that Matilda mentioned earlier, around the age of 15, when their bodies were changing and they were going through what's a natural part of teenage girl development, in fact, all people's development, to feel uncomfortable in their body. And what had happened is there were some genuine cases where they said that the parents had said, absolutely, my child was like this from a young age before any kind of teenage change or any influence from somewhere else. But then there were these other large numbers of teenagers that were presenting in a cluster in one school. And that is not consistent with the notion that these children felt like this from a young age. And in this book, Abigail Schreier argues that some of this is to do with um, social media and the influence of social media and also the, the teenage girl mentality to cluster together in groups and to look for people that, that, have, that you can identify with. And um, she mentions it as a contagion. It's almost like something that spreads between them as a culture. And when you have that phenomena where you have clusters of girls all in one school, all identifying as transgender, that counters the idea that these children all felt like that from a young age. It just doesn't align with that theory. So I think we have to be careful with saying that as, as a, that all of transgenders all felt like that from a young age, um, because that's not true. That's not what the research is showing. It's not what the data is showing um, or the, you know, the wider um, analysis of the subject. So I just want to point that out. We've got comments. Sorry, Carla, we've got comments coming through. Can we get... Yeah, Frederick, Frederick says, as per children are concerned, how about keeping childhoods non-sexualized? Part of the problem is exposure to social media, plus some teachers that want to expose young minds to things they do not yet understand. Sasha says, a few international think tanks are pushing for the recognizance of different minorities. It's a new trend in Western countries. It seems a subject deeper than just to recognize a specific group. 
Kishi Chow says, not discussing sex, sexuality, sexual orientation and gender identity is detrimental to children. And Anders says, I believe that it's important to meet this group with empathy and understanding. There's still preachers and other people that think that you can convert gay through people through exorcism or prayers. And I think we do need to point out here that while some of these points about gay are valid, uh, we are not discussing gay uh, on the show. It's another, that would be a topic for another show. And I think that we do an injustice to transgender people when we try to discuss the issues that affect them alongside the issues that affect um, gay or homosexual. And I think sexuality, the choice of who you have, have sexual relationships with is very different from um, the transgender issue. So thank you for your comment, Anders, but we won't be discussing homosexuality in the same okay. discussion. Based on what some of these comments have come out, I've just got a spare of a moment question that I'm going to throw out to you as the co-host. And what it is, this whole transgender thing and actually going through surgery is a real major decision to decide that you want to cut off a part of your anatomy if you're a man. Um, how do you feel about what would be an age limit or a suitable age limit for children or people, I should say, before they could actually make that conscious decision, considering the decision-making making part of the brain doesn't fully develop until the age of 25? And you're going to have a rush of different hormones throughout your upbringing in life. What would you say to that, any of you? All right, how I I can't I, I cannot decide in what age. I I'm not a doctor or I'm not a physicist or an expert in this, but I feel if an adult uh, wants to go through this and they feel that are, they are in the wrong body, that's that's not that's not my business. It's their business. Uh, and if they want to self-identify as a sex different than their body, it's their business and good luck to them. A, it's the right to do that, and B, it's not my business. But that's what's, it's not what it's about. The, the real agenda, it kicks in when they say, well, we should not discriminate uh, transgender. Of course, we should not discriminate. We should not discriminate anyone. But when, when the agenda starts, it starts to, to say, well, you should not call them like this. You should not do that. You should not express your opinion. You should not talk about them like that. That's when your freedom of speech is reduced. Mm -hmm. And that's what the agenda wants us to do. It's like, don't talk about, about, about this topic at all. Okay, thanks for that. Carla, we've got more comments coming in. Then we're going to go to Matilda with her short, brief comment, and then we'll be in Victor. Okay, so uh, Sasha says a few international think tanks are pushing for the recognizers of different. Ah, we have that. Sorry, excuse me. Where are we? Uh, gay, um, could, yeah, that one. Yeah, gay is sexual orientation, uh, transgender is gender identity. And Anders says, I just gave an example on how people can be treated because of their orientation. Thank you, Anders. And not every trans person wants to do surgery, says Kishi Chad. Sasha again says, do you see a relation between an agenda with genders, vaccines and transhumanism? Good question, Sasha. And Kishi Chad says, everyone has freedom of speech, but opinions do have consequences. Um, 
Al-Masmaya, Cargo, as I know that the Islamic religion permitted sexual transformation in only two cases. And I hope that doctors and scientists can be the ones that own this question. If religious or conservative groups take the lead, it can be a lot of pain and misery from Anders Cardell. We'll come back to that one afterwards. That, that, that was religion. a very interesting one um, because religion sets a precedence for a lot of the laws. Regardless yeah, of but also, can I just cut in and say on that, because we did have a question about that to say, um, I believe that the reason why we have such an issue um, getting to grips with what this is really about is because we try to talk about it away from religion, because we are, isn't it ironic that we are happy to talk about surgery, we're happy to talk about sexuality, we're happy to talk about people's body parts with such a, you know, an openness nowadays, but we're not happy to talk about religion. Religion has become the taboo subject, and I think that's incredibly ironic. And what's funny is we cannot talk about this subject without talking about core values. We can't talk about this subject without talking about religion. And we can't bring it up without the G word, without saying about God, because that's actually the bad word nowadays, isn't it? If you say God, that's the swear word. Um, and that is ridiculous. And I think that we have to be very careful um, when we're trying to talk about this without talking about core values, because before you answer questions or discuss topics related to human beings, you have to answer the core questions of your beliefs. What are your beliefs? Because that will decide a lot on things like how you raise your children, what you want your children to be raised uh, to believe in schools, how you want your children to treat other human beings. When we're talking about justice and we're talking about equality and kindness and love to your fellow human being, that is it, that's something you should be doing anyway, regardless of whether they're transgender, homosexual, straight, whatever. Um, that's a, it's a no-brainer. You should be doing that. But the question we have to answer is, what are our beliefs? Do you believe in God? And if you do believe in God, does that determine how you act? Should it determine how you act? And if you don't believe in God, what do you believe in? And how should that belief govern what, what you do and how you act? That's a very important question. And if we if we try and dance around it, that society has got so advanced that we don't talk about God or religion anymore, I think that we're making a major mistake there. I think we do have to, to throw okay. that out there. All right. Thank you a lot for that, Carla. Matilda, this is a quick one because we've got a lot of comments just flagging up. Yeah, um, I just what, what my question is, Sorry, Matilda. What my question yeah. is to you is you have transgender friends. Did you know them yeah. before they had their transition? And what, what, had, what was the circumstances? Can you just enlighten us? Yeah, I know one transgender woman um, in New York that she's a very successful uh, makeup artist now for like top magazines. And her story is fascinating. She when you was say he. she's a woman, was she a man before? No, yeah, she was okay. he when she was a boy. Okay. And um, the father was uh, like beating him all the time. And uh, the, uh, the school kids were always bullying him. And he was to a point that he was like, either I'm gonna die or I will run away. So he managed to run away at the age of 15 from Iran. He went to Thailand, he, uh, he did the surgery, now it's she, and she survived. She doesn't talk with her family at all anymore. But if I wanna share a message, if 
people will be more understanding and have more compassion towards these people to understand what they're going through to and we should teach them in the in, in uh, to the children the same way that we're teaching children that all the colors are okay all the religion is okay women and men are the same we're teaching them from a young age you cannot uh, not teach anything at that age of 18 say okay now you have to love everyone no it starts from a school system and if we can do that we can have more uh, loving society and some of them we need to mention that transgender doesn't mean they done the surgery transgender is just they identify themselves with the other opposite sex transsexual is the one that done the surgery some of the transgender wouldn't do the surgery if the society was more understanding and were loving towards them these people can't even find jobs okay we're gonna do in western some societies thank you matilda um carla can you we jump on these comments please Yes. Okay. So Almasma, the first case of a person was originally created male or female, but his organs are not visible, then it is permissible to perform a surgical operation to expose those organs. So I think uh, that goes back to what you were saying, Howler, earlier when you were saying that when a person is born um, and may need a surgery to help them in certain situations is very different. And Kishi Chad, religion has unfortunately caused a lot of oppression and pain. This is why many are turning to spirituality instead. And uh, Al-Masmiya, and to give the person medications or hormones to strengthen the original nature with which God created him. I suppose that goes back to whether or not you believe in God, which I said earlier. I'm not saying all religious groups. I'm talking about the same groups that call themselves Christians and saw black people as inferior and as Cardell. Uh, brings out there about the extremities that religion can sometimes go to and and as Christians that consider Trump to be Jesus uh, yeah another extreme of <laughs> okay okay um Victor what factors in society do you think contribute to young people experience gender diaspora I'm probably not saying it right because Victor, noise, sound, please. Yeah, gender dysphoria. Simon, see, I would say, I would say it has been mentioned time and time again that it is because um, as humans, we tend to, water finds, water finds its level. So as humans, we tend to the most, the most, the most magnetic, the most magnetic emotion for humans is pain. So we tend to go together where we find comfort for our pain. So, and even for our passion as well. So with the advent of technology, social media, our ability to connect more, we can take Facebook, take Facebook for example, any type of group, any type of feeling that you have, there's a group for that. See, I'm feeling I'm feeling one toes up today. Just Google it or put it on Facebook, search it. You see, you must see you must see two, three people who are feeling the same way, and you start having a conversation about that. See, the 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 agenda is so subliminal that it is coming right under us. That before you know it, even your kids at home will start will start challenging you about what is going on. To me. 
it is set. It is assigned from birth. It is assigned from birth. But if as time goes on, you want to say, okay, no. I think you should be of a consenting age to make that decision. That is what that is what I'm trying to make Matilda to understand. You can be feeling this, you can be feeling that. But when you get to the consenting, when you go to the consenting age, I have no problem with that. In short, it's not a problem. It is, I wish you all the best. It's so, I won't say it's unfortunate. I don't have friends who have gone through, who is going through or who has already been. No, I won't say it's unfortunate. I'm open to having those kind of, but I would want to like learn to know why. But for kids, you know, see, this this conversation today is all about kids. We are not talking about the adults here. We are talking about how do we draw the lines. What is the agenda towards kids? So I would say that allow kids to be kids, Simon. Every other thing, every other thing else is a given. But allow kids to be kids. Let them explore. Let them play. See if it's non-sexuality, let them be. But when they get to that age of concern where they can make decisions for themselves then it's all good okay thanks 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 a lot that carla we've got some comments uh, a couple more comments and then we'll be over to howla yeah we've got kishi chad is helping you out there with the pronunciation of dysphoria how is this done how is this done okay, okay back to you uh, um howla what has been the increase in transgender had on schools. What so what had what's the impact has the increase on transgenders had in schools? Uh, <clears throat> first of all, um, because of that, because I was uh, searching for the topic, and I have seen a lot of uh, teachers uh, they are trying to incorporate these thoughts on young kids, and a lot of them, uh, a lot of kids, they 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 have been traumatized. They have been traumatized confused uh, and they have been asking questions that they were not asking about it before and now parents uh, are dealing uh, with with the uh, with with this problem that they need to also educate themselves about this kind of topics and um, I do think that, that parents are the first educators on these controversial topics and not uh, the teachers uh, and it and as the education system, they need to respect the journey and the development of the child. It's very confusing for them at a young age because they ask a lot of questions: how they were born, where where they are really, what they what they are really. They are they are uh, really questioning themselves, and they are talking about this their uh, this question to their parents. So I think. Uh, children's journey and development and identity should be respected and the only one that they need to uh, seek education and they need to educate their children are parents and not the education system. See, and if, I, and if I should jump in there, see, as a parent, I would, if, for example, any of my child comes with this kind of, um, this, this conversation, if I if I if I see that it is really something that she or he needs to actually explore some more, I would seek help with my consent. 
I would seek help, but do not in the classroom you swerve and you just like go ahead and start talking to my child without me being present of my consent. And before you know it, it has somersaulted into into those um, started taking pills to block this, to block that, to block. No, I wouldn't. So first line of first line of education, thank you, Hala, is the parent. And then the teachers are, the teachers have more too much to do than to like put the burden of raising kids again. Mm -hmm. So that is what I'll just add. Thanks a lot for that, Victor. Um, Carla, can you read out some of these comments, please? Yeah, we have uh, movie advice for Simon. Boys don't cry. That's from Anders. <laughs> and we have, hi, everyone. My comment was directed to Kishi Chad from Nelson because Nelson asked the question, how is this done? So Nelson is asking uh, Kishi Chad, how is teaching sexuality, gender identity uh, to children? And uh, Frederick Villalobos, Villalobos says 100% agree. I believe um, that's in relation to what Howler said. Yeah. And uh, Kishi Chad says, while I do believe in centering and prioritizing the happiness and well-being of a child, I also acknowledge how difficult a position it must be for a parent to have a child who expresses that they are transgender. It challenges a lot of social constructs and norms. Pa many parents are not experienced, exposed or educated with this. And Victor uh, Anders says, Victor, you're a kind father. Okay. <laughs> so, Matilda, a question for you. Consider you're a, quite a new, newlywed, and I assume you'll be having children, starting a family soon. Would you be happy to give your child um, or the school to give your child blockers for their sexuality <laughs> development? And um, if they decided that they wanted to be uh, the opposite sex, would you be... Of you know, okay with surgery or anything along those lines? Listen, I'll be devastated. As a parent, I'll be devastated if my child comes to me and say I'm transgender or I wanna I'm gay even for God's sake. Um, and even different religion that you know a problematic religion. Why? Because I love my child and I don't want my child to have a difficult life. And any other that is not norm, it's going to be a difficult life for my child. So I will be devastated how I can, but then at the same time, how I can support my child that will, if really this is what he's going through um, or she's going through, I have to make this journey as easy as possible for that child. But no, do I rather to have a straight child or a gay child? Fuck yeah, straight child. Or okay. a transgender or a normal child, I would have. But then maybe, maybe we're constantly talking about uh, transgender uh, and why there are this and why there. But why we're not talking about why this happens? Maybe yeah. something in uh, hormones when the mother is pregnant is happening. I mean, there are doctors they're talking about it. Maybe these pregnancy pills that the doctors are giving to women, this is one of the causes. So why don't we just look at the issues that create this kind of a um, situation for people? Because it's not I a agree. trend. I agree with that, Matilda. I think that the, a lot of the discussion often tries to skip over the why. And a lot of the discussion uh, brings out the the uh, issues of injustice and suffering and pain without really digging to the root causes of what causes human beings to have these deep, deep feelings of, of pain. 
because you rightfully pointed out before that uh, this is not when when a person we're not talking about teenagers or children here who we know as we've discussed and as Abigail Schreier points out in her book teenagers can be a little bit um, unreliable as a source so let's talk about transgender adults transgender adults a lot of them have been through many many years of pain when we've heard their stories they've they've had lots of discomfort lots of um not only suffering when they felt like they're in the wrong body but then also all of the suffering that comes from going through the transition not just the 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 social stigma the rejection the changing of the identity and i think this is what we see in the battling in society even for the pronouns and all of that it's to try and acknowledge that journey that they've been on and how painful that's been from a social point of view but then on top of that there's also all the physical pain sometimes a lifetime of physical pain it's not that they tr they transition and then they're they're suddenly having a wonderful life no they're having lots of physical pain associated with that as well and so they put themselves through that physical pain in in an attempt to to remedy another pain and we have to really get to the bottom of what's causing people to feel that deep, deep pain. And that's why I said earlier, I really believe it goes back to answering the core fundamental questions about human existence. Where are we? What are we? Where do we come from? And where are we going? Those are the philosophical questions that I don't know if society has become too advanced to answer those or to even ask them anymore. Um, but they still matter. And pain is very closely associated with that, with those questions, the core questions of identity. When we're talking about identity, that's 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 a fundamental question of human being, isn't it? Thanks a lot for that, Carla. Sorry, sorry about the, um, there was an emergency. I had to blank the screen there for a minute. Can you read out the comments? We've got a lot of comments in those <laughs> in that short period of time. Apologies for that. Okay. All right. So we have. The problem is you don't bring it up in school. It's going to be hell for the people that feel like that, says Anders. Uh, Anders, it's like it's been for gay youth with bullying, social stigma, high suicide rates, and so on. And also being Jewish is bad if you live in a Nazi society. And Frederick says, so let's talk about the elephant in the room, adult transgenders and their expectation that the society has to cater for their needs. If I identify as a woman, I go into a woman's bathroom or I decide I will compete in female sports, sports with my male anatomy. Mm. And Kishi, yeah. uh, Chad, there are many issues that are bigger than trans people competing in sport, like how trans women are being murdered worldwide or how transphobia has a lot of sexism and misogyny behind it. Back to you, okay. Simon, to deal with those well, social You know issues. what? Um, Obviously, I'm not going to put my own personal point of view, but um, I think what Frederick's brought up about sports is really important. And there's also another question that I've... There's two questions here. One is, if you're transgender, whether you've had the chop or not, is it okay for you to go into a women's bathroom and use a women's changing room? As women in the show, I could put it out to you and to the women in the audience, would you feel comfortable with that? And the other thing is for the sports side is if just because you chop off a part of your anatomy, does it give you the right to compete in male combat sports? Sorry, female combat sports where you've got the physical advantage. An average male has 60% upper body strength than a woman. And there was a classic case where there's a woman MMA fighter and she said, basically, I was just fighting this man because regardless of whether he's a transgender or not, that punch, I've been punched many a time, but I've never felt a punch like that before in my life. 
So I would say to you ladies in the audience out there, what are your comments when it comes to that? Because if these people are really late female, like they say they are, why are other women not happy with it? Hmm. So Matilda, I'll throw that to you. Would you be comfortable having a transgender changing next to you and you know that was really a man? It's got a man's mind, let's say, or however you work it. I can't get too technical. But would you feel happy changing in the changing room and you, you know, you're going to get butt naked and he's next to you? Listen, a transgender uh, man, I'm sorry, and if they don't do surgery as well, you have to understand how they think. They really think they're a woman. That's not, so, we're not talking, yes, we're not talking I, about I how they mind. think. I wouldn't we're mind. talking about how they think. I wouldn't mind. How you would they see are. Oh, I wouldn't mind. Why should I mind? Okay. First of all, I'm not naked in the bathroom. And second of all... Uh, no, we're in the changing room. This will, I'll give you a scenario. You, you work out. I don't know if you go to the gym. You're going to have your shower. You're going to change. They've done trans, feel, transsexual? Yeah, no, Are they no, transsexual? No, no. You're Matilda, a transgender. Yeah, our, Victor's had the chop. He's a transgender. He's coming into the room now to change. But has he done it. the surgery? Yes, That's he what has. Okay, then no, like, she's a woman. So you're okay with that? Yes. Okay. Ladies, how uh, Carla, how do you feel about that? Uh, let Okay, I will, I will uh, begin first. I, I will not be okay with that. Imagine if I'm in the airport and there is a police transgender who needs to search and touch my, my body to see if, there is, if I'm, I'm holding something. Of course, I won't be comfortable with a transgender police trying to touch my, I don't know, to touch me to, to, to search for something. I, I won't like it and I don't like it. I don't want to be put in that situation. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So I'm going to confess that I'm a prude. So personally, I would change in the most private part of a changing room anyway, even in front of women, because that's how I was brought up. And I'm not, I'm not afraid to say that. But in answer to your question, Simon, I would not be comfortable because I really do believe my core beliefs are quite strong. I believe in God and I believe in God's right to decide hu how human beings live. And I know that that's a big topic for another subject, another episode, so I won't go there. Um, but I don't. I believe that a male is a male and a female is a female by, by genetics. And I believe when you have a surgery, you don't actually change your gender. You may change the way you feel and you may change the way you present yourself or the way you identify. But I wouldn't be comfortable. However, I also wouldn't. I also believe in being compassionate and being respectful to all human beings, regardless, in as far as, as you can. And so I would probably just remove myself from that situation. I would avoid it anyway by changing a private place, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be comfortable. But I also would not want to make that person feel uh, uncomfortable because I don't believe that's my place to do that. And they probably already do from what we've heard from their stories. They already feel uncomfortable enough. Okay. So I, I wouldn't justify adding to their discomfort in any way either. Okay. Before we go back to the comments, I was just going to ask Victor, if I don't know how this works, but if a woman, <laughs> me, Matilda, if a, if a woman decided she's a man and went into the male change room, would you have an issue? <laughs> that's what that, okay. that's what's going to happen in the, in the changing room. Okay. 
I don't know how that. The, how what about a gay guy? It's in a uh, changing. Well, we're not what talking about gay, Matilda. We're not talking about gays. It's the same it's team. No, no, we're not talking about gays today. It's not the it's, same thing. That's another, that's another but show. I'm sorry, Matilda, having a lesbian in the locker room is more is dangerous for me than a transgender woman. Excuse okay. me. That's another show, Matilda. Thank you. Uh, so if you no, go but it, the is, comments, it is related to us right yeah, now. You, you ask me, comments, Simon, please, uh, you ask me uh, if a transgender is... If you go over to the comments, please, um, <laughs> Carla, thank you. Okay, so Anders says, why I use gay as an example is because there was a lot of interest before saying don't promote this like liberal views made people gay. Okay, interesting comment there from Anders. I think we get overlap between gay and transsexual. Uh, and Kishi says, the chop is really not a good idea to bring up, tread lightly. I don't think he'll actually use of that uh, terminology there. Um, Simon and Anders Cardell, the questions you bring up, Simon, has to be discussed in a way where you reach some sort of consensus. And uh, Kishi Chad, also be aware that misgendering someone can create a lot of tension. And that is why a lot of trans people do not want to participate in discussion like that. I agree. It's very, very, very difficult to find somebody. Uh, we did try to find somebody, but it was a challenge. Frederick says, I have two children, both female. One is five and the other is one and a half years old. If the current trend continues... Uh, why would they ever be interested in sports if a male suddenly decides that he identifies as a woman and competes against them? Interesting. Uh, Beckles uh, says a lesbian can be in a changing room and women do not know. Very true. So I'm approved. <laughs> Nelson says Carla Madden in Palmer makes a very good point. You cannot change your DNA. And Sasha says, it's for me something not fair about competition in high level sport. The example in weightlifting with the New, New Zealand transgender is just a nonsense at that level of competition. Back to you, Simon. Lots of comments. You see, some years ago, an, an African girl was banned from oh, I remember this. sprint, from the sprint, because yeah. her testosterone level was too high. Yeah, now, all of a sudden, yeah. It's okay. Yeah. For yeah. you know that's that's always the way, the way Victor. Okay, but also, Victor. I've got a question for you, Victor. Uh, what role do psychologists and experts such as doctors play in this? And do we need to be more careful about letting experts decide what we believe and allow in society? Yeah, like I said before, parents should be first line of defense. And if it's gone beyond the scope, they should allow the psychologists to come in and the doctors and the experts to come in. Why? Because they've tested, they've tested multi-range, they've tested a whole lot of, they've spoken to a lot of people with the same or similar, um, um, similar emotions or similar, um, similar experience. So I would say. They should allow. They should allow parents. I know we as parents, we because of our emotional attachment, we see, we have this uh, conception in our heart before, even before we were born. We say, "Oh, I want a boy. I want a girl. Oh, when the girl comes out, oh, I want the girl to be like this. I have dreams. I have hopes. I have aspirations for her. If she fulfills it, great. And all of a sudden, she just shifted and said, "No, I no longer want to be." like this i want to be like this so you start to like that is a new territory that is a different a different playing field entirely 
So that is where you start. You need to start having a conversation first. And when it starts progressing, you see that, okay, at 15, still going. 16 is still going. You don't stop. You don't. You just keep talking. 18, okay, man, this is now. I hand over you to the hands of the expert. Then, if he, she wants to continue that, I think it is fair to allow parents to have the first talk before they start, like, interjecting on a school or a primary school level. So, so is it you're saying that the government's taking too much responsibility for raising all the children? Yeah, from the from yeah from okay. the parents. Okay. Because got, in in me being from Nigeria, we have more say as parents. Okay, so it's no more. It's no more about. It's no more about the social the social contract that is happening in the West, whereby the parents and the government are doing things at 60 or 70, 30. The government 70% and the parents 30%. Mm-hmm. So, but where I come from, from my background, in the past 1,000, 2,000 years, it has been this way. Parents, not just parents, but the village, like, kind of mm-hmm. okay. move the child forward. All right, thanks a lot. we got another comment, and then we're going to be over to Matilda with a question. Yeah, Ander says the sport thing that we mentioned earlier can be regulated through different rules. And Nelson says, well, there are experts and then there are experts to promote a viewpoint. Are we talking real science or pseudoscience? And also Nelson poses a question for the host and audience. Do you feel that children's childhood experiences are being shortchanged by bringing them too early into adult type of topics? Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Howla, do you want to answer that? That question keep before it, we go. Keep it to Carla, I think. I'll pass it to Carla. She's the teacher. <laughs> no, let me um, to yes. All right. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, Matilda, the question is for for you. What are the solutions or ways forward for this from your own life perspectives? Perspective. I think I think it's it's good to talk about this kind of topics young age. Um, not necessarily doing the surgery. I'm against surgery in any form, in general for adults as well. <laughs> but um, um, I, I want to make sure one point that it was mentioned, and for me it was like fascinating. In 2011, there was 4,830 breast augmentation surgeries were done in teenage girls, um, uh, lower than 17 years old in America. Isn't that fascinating that we allow these kind of changes? Kim Kardashian style. Again, I come back to Kim Kardashian uh, in uh, in our societies, and where I'm, which I'm against of it as well. Um, I'm for me, it would be like to talk about it in a way from a young age to have a more acceptance. Uh, in the society. We need to teach them in a young age. Um, We cannot let when they're older and then say, oh, it's okay to be gay, it's okay to be transgender, or it's okay to have transgender people around you. They don't have disease. Um, Because society is treating them very badly. And we need to teach our young children 
um, to have the acceptance. The way that we're teaching them different colors is okay, different religion is okay. Uh, I mean, being a boy and a girl is the same. Um, so yeah, we need to teach them young age and maybe having a gender, non-binary gender identification, it's okay for, uh, for people. Maybe these children can associate with them associate themselves with that for a while till they figure out what they want okay can i, I just just a, a little statistics thing here can you raise your hand and also the guys in the audience if you know any transgenders i i personally don't know any transgenders as, as any of you as a host know any transgenders okay let's so it's two two out of five okay reason why i ask this is because it, some people may say that they're getting too much priority in comparison to other things, social issues that we have, from youth violence, drugs, um, family breakdowns, lots and lots of different things. So it's, I agree, it's very, you know, it's very important that some people may stress that as well, um, based on the statistics today, in that respect. So. So moving on to, oh, we've got some more comments. Can you read out the comments, please, Carla, please? Yeah, we have uh, this comment from Anders Cardell. Anders says, I believe it's very important to let scientists and doctors take the lead better than voodoo. Anders, I know that you're a father and I highly, highly recommend Abigail Schreier's book. There's a very interesting uh, account in there of what she says happens to a very uh, effective doctor and what happens to her research um, as a result of this discussion, I think you'd find it fascinating. And Frederick uh, Villa, Villa Logbos says, absolutely, it is one of my main concerns with schools and social media. Mm -hmm. uh, Anders says, when it comes to their ethic framework, it should, of course, be a broader discussion, not only limited, not limited to only doctors and scientists. Kishi Chad says, there is never a right or wrong time to education children on adult topics. It is all relative and there are levels in which you can educate, educate yourself and then have discussions with your child. Not every parent is capable of providing their child with basic necessities and not every child is incapable of comprehending mature topics. Uh, Nelson says, but Matilda, uh, that is totally different conversation to automatically talk about acceptance before talking about the implications, decisions and even poor decisions have consequences. Anders says Thailand seems to be a country that are critical with transgender. Nelson, I know several transgenders. Uh, Frederick, social media, the internet plays a huge role as how kids are exposed to some of these topics. Parental responsibility. I also know several transgenders, including one family member. And Kishi Chad, I have a trans cousin, co-workers, friends and exes. Back to you, okay. Simon. Thank you. Howla, how does this situation sit with your values as, as a future parent? Uh, are you concerned? Actually, um, I feel empathy for, for parents right now because they are really in a challenging time. Because now if you are a parent and you don't like what's been taught to your kids in school, then you are automatically lab labeled as anti-transphobics. And the whole thing just starts to expand from the initial discussion topic about uh, we must not discriminate transgender. And also now for, for girls, like we have discussed, 
girls that don't like transgender in the bathroom, they will uh, labeled as uh, anti-transphobic and also the feminists, they are not with the transgender. So now what I'm concerned about is we are trying to divide each other into different group and we fight each other and we don't see what is really happening. And I think Carla, she has mentioned about your self-identity because every time you subdivide and you divide, you are away from your self-identity and you're getting really far away from your true self and what you really are in the first place. So I think the whole division and the whole subdivisions make things complicated and make people divided and we are not really seeing uh, what's really happening. We're just seeing from the telescope. We are not really seeing what's really happening. Okay, thanks for that. Um, Carla, um, question, question. What does the role the media influences play? Um, well, they play a huge role, and, and the media is it's a very big, isn't it? So when we're saying the media, we need to know what we're talking about. So the mainstream media at the moment in a lot of countries, I, I'll speak here from in the UK, the mainstream media, we were watching a few videos earlier, weren't we, as a group to prepare. Um, there is a certain segment of the mainstream media that seems intent on pushing a certain narrative, and it's quite a narrow narrative. And it's a narrow narrative that is doing not only an injustice to people that might have a strong opinions against transgender as a philosophy, but it's also doing a disservice to people who are affected by this. It does a disservice to parents um, whose children are affected because it points to certain things and creates them as a generalization, like I said earlier, such as all transgenders have felt uncomfortable in their body from a very young age, which is not true. If you look at the individual cases, that's not true. Um, and that transgenders, when they have uh, changed their identity and things like that, that their life gets better, which is also not true. And so that narrative is quite dangerous. And, and some segments of the mainstream media are portraying that. There is also another part worth mentioning with regard to media, which is the social media, which are certain platforms that have large uh, followings, um, particularly amongst teenagers, that do not regulate what is being posted there and have no responsibility over what's what's posted there. And teenagers use those platforms as places to get advice, to get support, um, to get recommendations um, and things like that, which is not the right place for them to get that from. Even if they are transgender and they, it's genuine and there is they, they have a need for proper support from their parents, um, from specialists without an agenda, they shouldn't be getting their advice and their information uh, from social media platforms. Um, and that's dangerous. And again, I'm going to say Abigail Schreier's book because it covers so many different things. She does have a chapter where she talks about social media influencers and the role of some of the popular transgenders on YouTube and, and various platforms and how they are influencing. And there was one particular case where uh, a, a, a famous uh, transgender had sent an item through the mail to a young uh, child, an underage teen, um, to help them on their journey without their parents' responsibility. Um, and that's the kind of thing that can sometimes be happening through social media that isn't necessarily ethical. Um, and that's not about whether you agree or disagree, it's about the ethics of who should be responsible for children of a certain age. 
um, and helping them to get help, even if they are going to get help to have surgery, whose responsibility is that? Is it a social media influencer that should do that or is it their parents? Mm, okay. Thanks a lot. We're going to read. We're, we're going to read the last comment, and then we're going to just close up. And I just want to hear a clip, two-minute segment from everybody of the host about how you foresee yourself moving forward with the whole transgender community and bringing up your children if you have them, and along those lines. So over okay. to you. Kishi Chad says there is a difference between someone who is unaware of the transgender experience and there are some people who are inherently and undeniably transphobic. Also, let us just take a moment to acknowledge the privilege that we all have of identity with the gender that we are assigned to at birth. Being trans does not look or seem easy and I have a lot of empathy and compassion for them. That's a very good comment. Yeah, Kishi, Kishi. Kishi, you know, um, I like your name because it means money in in, in <laughs> some part of where I come from. So Kishi, so Kishi. <laughs> yeah, I like that. See, see, my own um, and the build up to this topic or the build up to having this conversation, the the fear of having some misconception regards how we are going to like have this discussion is that it's kind of twofold. Either you are for or you are against. There are people like us who we have, I'm a core African traditional man. I'm living in the Western society, so I see how things go like that. So we kind of like, oh, okay, calm down, calm down. Where is this one going? So uh, some of us who want to like understand, are they really, really going forward with this? Or there are some things that we are not seeing. And for people like us who are really like suspicious, who wants to like ask more questions, I think it will be a disservice to people like me who wants to kind of see where this uh, where this trend is going. Is it an agenda? Allow 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 natural evolution to take place. Mm -hmm. If it's not, I am brought up with the sense of. There's two assignments, male and female. That's it for me. Now you're bringing, bringing I just researching this topic and I now understand what it's called a spectrum. So it will be a great conversation to have with someone who is actually going through or who has gone through to like come and educate or educate me. Okay, thanks a lot for that, Victor. Now, what I want you guys to comment on is this. There's been a lot of debates um, where you can see on YouTube, on social media, where people refuse to identify somebody as their transgender. Um, mainly, let's say, where it's been a man, he says he's a woman because he cannot have children, he doesn't have a time of a month and all these kind of things. How do you feel about that and why? And then we'll move on to closing out after that. So we'll start with Howler. Well, I think it's 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 uh, it's confusing people. It's like the the your question is how we can uh, yeah. it, it, uh, name transgender. No, it's not name because it, what 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 they were saying is that if somebody decides to be transgender, that you must call them what they say they are, uh, what they say they are or feel they are. Now that is also compelled speech. So you're actually forcing someone to say something. And let's say 
this professor, he would actually say, well, that's not true because you can't have children. You don't have time of a month. Yeah. You've, you've done certain surgery. I recognize that. If you mm. want to call yourself Susan, I can call you Susan. But to, for you to, for me, you to tell me I must call you a woman, but you, you're, you know, biologically, you're not. Yeah. So I'm interested to see mm. how people feel about that, because that's usually really the elephant in the room, which usually from what the debates I've seen mm. is really kicks things off and you get lots of verbal abuse. So yes. if you can well, answer that one. Yes, well, for me, for transgender, they want to call uh, themselves with a name or something. It's up to them to call themselves wherever they want. But the con my concern now, as a, as a podcaster, as someone who has a voice, if you silence yourself in this kind of topics, if you don't um, uh, uh, raise your voice, if you don't silence the opposition, well, actually, you don't have to win the debate because there is no debate to win. There is nothing to win. So now also when we are trying to invite people to talk, everybody, no one wants to talk about this kind of topic because they don't want to offend people or they want to be respected. I feel I feel, I feel you and I understand you, but it is about telling what you are thinking about and speaking your truth and be authentic about your core values and what you are standing. So... I think that should remind ourselves that it's not because it's a sensitive topic, we should not bring it. It's something that we need to, to talk about and not silencing because the opposition is, is different than us. Okay, thanks. We've got some more comments. Uh, Kishi okay. Chad says, um, ah, no, before that we had Anders. Anders said, it wasn't long ago when old people thought that every child that listened to to heavy metal would become Satan worshippers. I think it's misleading to paint a picture where kids become transgender because they were influenced by some TV show. Yes, I agree with that. And as some, uh, if I made that uh, not clear, it's some children have been influenced by TV shows and media, not all. Kishi Chad, agenda does have a negative connotation as well. Be aware of that. And where are we? we've got more Anders again I understand you Victor and I've grown up in a very conservative context and it affected how we treated gay people and other people that were outside the norm Sasha says so if I consider myself a pink elephant you have to recognize me as what I want question mark and Kishi Chad says a pink elephant that is dismissive and condescending <laughs> Nelson says Howler is making a great point that a debate can be silenced before it even begins Anders says, again, I re recommend the film Boys Don't Cry. And Sasha says, Kishi-Chad, Kishi no, just a surrealist argument. So uh, okay. Sasha didn't mean that as a, um, an, an insult, just an example. Okay. okay, back to you, Simon. Thanks. Um, Victor, can you answer that question, um, what we are, Simon? Can you just repeat the question? The, okay. <laughs> the, the question is, compelled speech. Just because I say I'm a woman today, does that mean you must refer to me as she? If I ask, if I change my name to Susan, that's one thing. But to make you false, com compelled speech to say I'm a woman and physically I'm not. I cannot have children. I do not have natural breasts. I don't get a time of the month. How do you feel about that? What's your take on that? That is eroding my freedom of speech. You know, I won't I won't say I won't no, I would not say 
Um, I will not wake up tomorrow and say, oh, Matilda is a man. I will not say, I will not address Matilda as Mr. Because she feels she wants to be called Mr. I can say Matilda. If she changes her name, yes, I will call her whatever name she wants me to call her. But to actually use those pronouns, those Mr., Mrs., no. It's going to remain Miss or Mrs., you know. And um, that's how that's how I grew up. So I won't change it. But if it's the name, yeah, I'll call her the name that she wants me to call her. But and how she presented, but I will not. No, I will not. Okay, Sorry, thanks. No, Carla, can we get back to these um these questions? These comments are still coming through. Yeah, Kishi Chad says people are not animals. You didn't land the point. Anders, just because I say you hurt me, do you have to listen? Kishi, if a trans woman is presenting and identifying as female, why does what is between their legs matter? And Anders, you can choose to try to understand and meet or belittle and ignore. Okay. Matilda, over to you. Please don't ask me to repeat the question. Again. Yeah, I would, uh, I would uh, call her or him whatever they want. I mean... It's their life, it's their choice. I think they have to have the freedom to live the way that they want and express the way they want. It's not bothering me. It's not harming me physically. So what's the problem? Okay. Uh, the same way that I have the right to feel and express what I want, they have the right as well. There are humans as much as I am. And I need to teach that to my children as well. You have to treat everyone respectfully and with love. And you have to understand their journey. Their journey is a difficult journey. And me, as a, if I consider myself an intellectual human being, I need to understand their pain. Otherwise, I will be like Trump. Okay. Or the Trump but, so if I considered myself a white man, would you refer to me <laughs> as a white man? Yeah, I can refer to you a white man. Is okay, that no, what you want? I refer you a white man. Whatever no you think. Just, just, just trying to get an understanding. And so, if you want me to call you a handsome man, I can refer to you as a handsome <laughs> man. There is no judgment. <laughs> I'm going to make Sasha jealous. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm choking now. So over to you, Carla. Um, yeah, I struggle with this one. Um I struggle in my mind to see the person as what they say they are. But I, I'm also a person that really tries in my life to, to treat people with love and respect as much as possible. And so I would deal with it in the most kind way that I could possibly do. And it would depend on what the agenda was, what the outcome was. If someone was trying to force me to say it um, for their agenda or for a particular outcome for them to prove a point, then I wouldn't. But if I was dealing with somebody and I felt that it was for the greater good of the situation, it was somehow going to help me to be compassionate and respectful and to reach that person as a human being, then I would be prepared to use whatever name or pronoun they were using. But not it's not easy. That wouldn't be easy for me. I think it will take some time for me to come around to that um, because I see them in my mind as what I know they are. Um, but if I don't know, then I don't know because that's also an issue. Quite often we don't know. Nowadays, we do not always know if the person that's presenting in front of us is according to what they appear to be. Okay, thanks. I'm just going to...
on closing, furthermore, I want to thank everybody for the comments. The comments have been great. As a taxi driver, I'm going to give you a brief experience of what I have from my first transgender customer. Um, it was nighttime. I didn't realize it was, uh, well, I thought it was a woman. And long hair, like gothic down to the waist. Had some kind of blouse, some jeans. I'm not sure if it's jeans or skirt or what. But it was nighttime. And they went to pick, there's a big suitcase. I went to pick up the suitcase. I said, don't worry, love. I'll put it in the car for you being a gentleman thinking she's a woman and and I put it in in the car as as um he walked round or she walked round veil have you she's gone oh thank you but it was a man's voice strong man's voice and I turned and I thought oh he's got a stubble as well I said okay it's a man I better apologize because I've you know it's a bit of an insult you call a man a woman so I went to apologize and then he said, or he, she said, let's just say the person said, no, I'm a woman. I've got breasts. I've had surgery. And I said, okay, let's stop there. I, I don't need to know all of that. Uh, and I got a complaint from the Uber company that I'm being harassed. I'm being not nice to somebody who think, because they wanted to tell me how they, in my eyes, mutilated themselves. I didn't want to know. And I have a right not to know that. And what I, at the end of the journey, I said, where do you want the suitcase? Uh, where, is it is the location here? And they said, I, but I said, is there a location here, mate? Figure of speech, a bit of an East London, South East London, no, no harm in it. They said, yeah, I got out the car, picked out the suitcase, put it on the floor. Then they said, Please don't call me mate, love, he, she, nothing kind of thing. I said, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to offend you. And then from there, every experience I've had with the transgender, they're just super sensitive. So if I identify a transgender, to plead, to keep the situation calm, I don't say anything. Now, I personally believe it shouldn't have to be to that point. And that's awkward. And it's confusing trying to make sure you use all these different terminologies, which I'm not accustomed to. I don't hate anybody. I have no need. I don't wish them to burn in hell or anything like that. But they're making life difficult for other people. And I don't understand it. If you've got an issue, fair enough, that's your issue. I've got my own issue. But you don't need to make life difficult. And this is my point. If they were... I get a lot of gay people in the car and we have a good old chat. No problem. But that behavior it, is not conducive to me and it doesn't work. And I don't know why. And I've had conversations with other people who say they're, date, they're gay, but they're dating somebody who's non-pronoun and all these kind of things. And they try and explain it, but they get tripped up themselves. So what I'm saying from the other side of things, you've got to also be considerate to what you're expecting people to change their whole lifestyle and their behavior yeah now in saying that we're all here to learn i hope we've all had some insight into different people's angles at things but i just wanted to let you as an audience know that so i appreciate your comments but there's two sides to every coin and there's not just one victim especially if you're telling other people what they should say all the time and to try and change their lifestyle but on closing victor Okay, we're gonna yeah, have some quite a few comments. Simon, <laughs> Simon, before before the comment, just just maybe one or two liner. See, it is 
we are here. See, it's not we against this. Bring out. Let's let's have a conversation. Simple. Mm -hmm. And it is respect. I respect all human beings. I respect what decision you you make or you choose. I respect. But don't think because I do not understand what you're talking about or what you're going through means I'm dismissive of your of your experience. No, it's just that you've not made me to understand. If you make me understand, yes, we all go through different stuff. So respect is the name of the game. Okay, Carla, do you want to read out the last comments and then we're just going to go and close in of who's doing what podcast and then we call it a day. Okay, so Anders says you can choose to try to understand and meet or belittle and ignore. And bravo, I think, to a previous uh, comment. Um, Anders, handsome Simon, Kishijad, none of this is easy. And anyone who is attempting to understand and learn is respectful, but we have to treat uh, people the way we want to be treated, period. Sasha says, Kishichad, I wanted to express the surrealist argument regarding the situation. It's not about to insult people, but in a discussion, you have to confront the arguments. Anders says, some things that are outside our own framework of understanding, how should we meet those questions? And curiosity and compassion is better than the opposite. And you have the same effect on women, Simon. <laughs> Kishichad. Uh, Sasha, again, if a woman wants to be recognized as a man, as an individual, there are implications in the society and it's more complicated than to have a simple individual status from someone. Kishi Chad says these things take time to learn and understand, but you have to be aware of your own biases and how you treat others. And Nelson says to Victor, it depends on how they make you understand. Back to you, Simon. Okay, thanks. It's so a rounding up. We're here every Monday, 7 p.m., British Standard Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and 9 p.m. East African Time, mainly Kenya. Matilda, if you tell us who you are and what your podcast is, please. Uh, my podcast is Coffee with Matilda, A Journey to South, and you can find it on all um, podcast platforms, YouTube and Facebook. Over to you, Carla. It's Carla or, or me? <laughs> okay, so my podcast is Women in Stories Podcast. You can find me on all podcast platforms and tune in for a new episode about Ayahuasca Journey. Back, uh, also, let's go with Carla. And my podcast is the Wonder and Wellbeing Podcast, which is for parents, teachers, and anyone who's interested in discussions around uh, education and well-being of children. Over to you, Victor. Yeah, thanks, Carla. I am Victor. I'm passionate. I am enthusiastic about entrepreneurship and the movement of the diaspora and the African diaspora. So to move into a lifestyle of freedom, I have a podcast called A Diaspora Entrepreneur. You can find on Spotify, on YouTube, you know, all major platforms, including Google Podcast. Over to you, Simon. Thank you. And I'm Simon. My podcast is Taxi Chronicles. I interview many people. I've got over 600 episodes um, as they tell their stories all about life and what they've gone through. From uh, I've even got some transgender, some LBQT stories as well that they tell themselves. So you can have a listen. It will. And all our podcasts on all the major platforms from Spotify, YouTube, 
Apple. So feel free to have a listen and thank you for listening. I hope you liked the, the episode and you go away with a, a better feeling. Um, and there's no offense given to anybody on this show or in the, in the audience. And we're all here to learn and discuss and just air our views and come away and understand more. And we look forward to seeing you next Monday at 7 p.m. British Standard Time. Bye. Right.